Ruth Rooks, we're sitting in your lovely studio, so fabulous. We're looking out at this garden, and I must admit, you're a lucky woman. I agree. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. How are you? How do, how do you spend your time in the studio? Well, we're sitting here in front of my computer, so that's part of what I do. Um, and in fact, that's a lot of what I do because I, I play bridge. I play it on the computer with some ladies. And um, I also go through email, of course. And that's about it as my, my computer skills go. And then if I turn around on the other side of this little island which stores just about every piece of crap I have, then is my easel. And, uh, and I work at my easel. That The original studio was a laundry room, plus a maid's bedroom. I kept the laundry sink, which is a good thing because I'm a watercolor painter. Actually, gouache, but I do a lot of it anyhow. So uh, I have everything I need here. I actually have no reason to leave this room because there's a bathroom here too. Yes, and you've got these fabulous windows. So I absolutely do. Yeah. So when you stare out the windows, what do you like to look at? What do you like to see? Well, you actually can't see the cultivated garden. Uh, you see. Norway maples, which are just one of the major pests in New England, and but they're here. And the house, this is all built on ledge, so there was some major blasting and the whole street was developed after they blasted all the rocks. And if you look out the studio right now, the rocks seem to be green. That's because the moss has grown mm. profusely. But really, there is a lot of rock formations. And especially during COVID, when I really never left the house, that's what I painted. The light changes, and I've painted it in all the different lights. I've painted it. Uh, one of the paintings that's on the floor over there is uh, a cherry tree that we that we did plant and when it was in full bloom in the spring it was glorious the light at the end of the day sometimes the sunset reflects in the back so that those miserable trees are orange mm. they are as bright orange as my paint tube will allow me to make it's absolutely amazing um, and there's one rock that gets pink. Mm. Uh, so yeah. you know your rocks well. You, I, I, <laughs> I do, I do. I have just painted. Uh, you know, sometimes I, I sort of just move. I, I make up colors sometimes. It's just using the rocks and the trees and the land. And uh, I don't know whether it was because I can't, I always I always think that I would like to be an abstract painter and and just sort of come, it doesn't happen. 
I need to have something in front of me. What I do with it is something else again, but it needs to be in front of me. So I have done this patch of my yard a lot. And at a different lot. times of day. At different times. Well, I also have my my uh, iPhone, my camera. Okay. So just in case I, I would forget, it's there for me to look at. And I, I, I do, I work from images as well. So you work from, I was, that was my next question. Yeah. Do you work from both images and absolutely what's out there? Absolutely. Okay. I mean, usually it's one and the same, but it's not at the same time. If I could only paint when the orange was there, I'd have, I don't know, what, three minutes. Right. Yeah. Something like that. So, mm, mm. so I take a picture. Now, I noticed in your studio you have a lot of faces, and you said you don't do portraits, however you paint faces. So tell me about those. What's the difference to you? Well, the, oh, the portraits that I do have and that you can see are my grandchildren. Uh, again, during COVID, I get, every once in a while I get tired of doing the rocks in front of me. And I do like doing faces. Uh, there's one portrait here, it's the first one I ever did, and it was my husband, and probably the best one I ever did. It looks like him, has his smirk. Uh, and then I just got it into my head, well, I can do that. I never thought I could do portraits or faces. So someone once asked me to do, commissioned me to do a portrait of her and her husband and I tried it and it was awful and I said you know I just like to do the faces so sometimes I'll see a picture in a magazine or a book I'll cut it and I'll do that one or I'll see someone at on the street and I'll take a picture sometimes I even ask them if I can sometimes it's a distance if they have an interesting face. There was a woman I worked with in the, uh, the Peabody Essex Museum who worked in the gift shop. And I was sort of friendly with her at the time. And I took her picture. And I never, ever was able to get her, the essence of her. Well, she's long gone from the museum. I haven't seen her in God knows how many years. And I was looking at the oil paint painting I did of her, and I said, eh, I think I'd like to try it in acrylic. I'm not, um, gouache is what I really use. And so that's what I'm working on now. And it doesn't have to look like her. It, <laughs> you know, she's not around to say, oh, that doesn't look like me. And it doesn't matter, because I, I have her, I have her image and Basically, I just need to capture an image of a very good-looking woman with a very, very, very fancy shawl. Ooh, okay. So <laughs> Now, and over the years, how has your art changed? Gracious, it has changed a lot. Um, I started out painting 
way, 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 way back. I was, I was pretty good in high school. And everyone learned how to paint transparent watercolor. And that's what I did for many years. We had a very good teacher there. And anybody who came from Marblehead will know Marion Brown. And she taught a whole pile of people how to paint. So I did that. And somewhere along the line, I picked up with an artist who was a wonderful transparent watercolorist who discovered that you don't have to be transparent, that is. Which was great because as a transparent watercolorist, I made mud. Now my mud is really quite lovely because it's not transparent anymore. It's some kind of shade of gray, brown, whatever. Um, so my materials have changed. Way back, someone, I thought I'd like to learn how to paint in oils, which I did, but I never took to them as much as I took to gouache. I took my mm. watercolors and I just don't use a lot of water. Um, <laughs> So in that sense, that's changed. Subject matter, uh, I'll never forget driving into Boston as they began the big dig. And I saw all those cranes and I thought, oh my God, they're great. So I took pictures. And then I became one of the big dig artists, actually. I was member of Copley Society at the time. They gave us a show. Um, I did a lot of paintings of the big, 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 huge things. Those, I guess, I did them in oil. I don't even remember. Maybe they were acrylic. Whatever. And and then that, I don't know, I sort of, that petered out, but I still get awfully excited when I see scaffolding. So... <laughs> I, I've done, you know, I've done that. And then, um, I, I guess I'm talking subject matter. I, I guess I've done whatever pleases me at the time. I'll go through periods. I had a, um, a time when I had some health issues. So everyone was sending me flowers. So I painted the bouquets. And I went there. Oh, the best was um, I broke my right wrist and then I was forced to paint with my left hand. I expected to be very abstract at that point. And frankly, I was, it was the same. It was pretty much the same thing. I still did the, I did almost 100% of the, uh, the, the ground the scenery behind me, or in front of me, if I'm mm. looking at the computer. So I did a ton of those things. I think I might have done about 40. I used to do a painting a day oh, with my, my left hand. Yeah. Or two paintings. I'm very prolific, which is, sound. I'm not bragging, because I don't know where the hell to put half the stuff I have. <laughs> so, and... Uh, it is very difficult to sell them because I am not a salesperson. I don't know how to market. And I 
I, I just don't sell the work. Right. So there's tons and tons and tons of stuff, and my kids will have to deal with it. Oh, well. <laughs> it's art. <laughs> everybody, everybody, oh, one of my favorite subjects was I did find myself in the hospital. I wasn't really sick, but they told me I was. So, and I, anyway, I was coming in and out of the hospital for over a period of a couple of weeks. And I was bored out of my mind. And so I started taking photos of all the things that what you're surprised by is that all this equipment that they keep throwing at you is colored beautifully. And there's some nice shapes and there's some nice lines when you figure out, you know, all these things going into your body, they make a nice graceful shape and design. <laughs> so I'm taking pictures and I have a whole series of hospital paintings. Oh, I, interesting. And I love them, but I don't know what to do with them. Maybe we can come up with something. <laughs> okay. Now, you're president of the Swampscott Arts Association. Oh, yes. Do you like your job? Maybe I won't ask that question. Okay, how is the Swampscott Arts Association? <laughs> Part of me likes the job because I really, really, really like the people in it. And it has been said that of all the art associations around, everybody likes each other in this, in this group. And it is absolutely true. When we have our two big get-togethers, everyone says, oh my goodness, that is the best thing. And what a great group of people and yada, yada, yada. And it's true. Mm. There isn't a pain in the neck in, at all. And not everyone knows each other, but when they do, they, they really like each other. That's the good part. It is tough in that we don't have a place, a permanent place. Right, yes. Like Marblehead Art Association. Reach Arts would be a great place. The problem is they're a volunteer organization. So when we have a show there, which is one of our favorite places to, to have a show because the walls and the space is so great, no one sees it beyond the opening reception unless we staff it. And frankly, the members don't like to staff it. They feel very spooked. They don't like to be down in that space. There's not enough traffic. Yes. So... I don't know what the answer would be, how to make anything mm -hmm. better. We book shows as we can. Vinia Care used to be one of our places that we could count on, but they, they have closed to, I think, all exhibits now, as far as I know. Um, Abbott Public Library in Marblehead was another place we liked because the walls were good but they're undergoing a restoration or, or renovation renovation yes. or whatever yeah. they're doing. So they're closed to us, which basically leaves the senior center, which no one really likes to hang in, but, okay. we're, but we promise them we'll keep the walls covered. And so that's what we've done. 
and then we have Reach Arts, mm -hmm. and um, those right now are our only venues. Unless we book things like at the um, farmer's market, but that's a huge amount of work for a day. Yes. So, frankly, I don't know what the answer is going forward. Okay. Um, we continue to get new members. Agatha, you're one of them. And um, we're thrilled that we do. We've pulled in about a half a dozen new people. And I, I want to... I want to make it so that it's worthwhile, of course we don't charge a whole lot of money, but I would like to somehow or other be able to offer more. As far as exhibit space uh, and exhibit times, or yes. Exhibit time, yeah. exhibit space. Yes. Um, I just went to an exhibit at the Lynn, the new Lynn YMCA. Oh yes, the Democus, yes. Yeah, and it is beautiful, but my goodness, it was so noisy. The, everything echoes there. And I don't figure that most people will find it. Maybe mm. they will. I found it. I had, I had to use my GPS. Um, I'm not sure that's the answer for yes. us. Yeah. They'll have a ton of people going through there. But when I was there, those ton of people will see the work, buy it? I don't think so. No, yeah. They're, I think, well, they're there for another purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's a beautiful space for the purpose in which they were built. That's exactly right. Built. Yes. I mean, it's gorgeous. Yes. Well, so. Yes. Well, the good thing is that, so your art isn't the only art that's being shown at the Garden Art Walk. You're actually inviting yeah. artists from the Swampscott Arts yeah. Association to show here at your garden. Oh, absolutely. Yes. And in fact, two of the people on the Garden Walk are members of our organization. Yes. Yes. Uh, Karen and uh, Sheila. Oh, good. Okay. So. Yes. And so... Uh, you can come to Ruth's garden. You can see her artwork. You can see artwork uh, of the other members of the Swampscott Arts Association. And that garden art walk is 11 to 3 on July 10th. And we look forward to seeing you there. Ruth? I am delighted to do this, actually. I did it last year. I shouldn't say I. We did it last year. Subsequently, we bought panels which will allow us to show more mm -hmm. people's work at last year we just propped them up against the fence in my yard um, and I have two big bins for unframed work also that was purchased for similar events and um, we had a lot of people come by mm. and also, the nicest thing was some woman said, said to me, Hi, how are you? And I looked at her like, okay, who are you? She had been to my garden, our garden, and she had been there three months earlier. So she remembered doing that. She was from Marblehead, so it wasn't even a Swampscott nearby neighbor. Mm, so that was nice. sort of a nice thing, yes. which is why I was really happy to sign up for this year. 
Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. All right. See you there. <laughs>